Well, good morning. Good morning in the main hall. Good morning in video overflow number one. And good morning in video overflow number two. Uh, I was just running in between the video overflows uh, saying hello. It's great to see all of us here because we are hungry for good news, aren't we? You know, there is so much that we hear going on in the world that we are so delighted to jump in to an epic story of what God is already doing. There's nothing like jumping into an epic story right in the middle of it, huh? I I just think of the iconic scrolling text of Star Wars movies. Any other Star Wars fans out there? Yeah? Woo! Fellow nerds, we'll get together and talk about it, all right? That's great. And if you're online and you're watching... Maybe you have Star Wars running in another window. That's all right. Just close that window down, tune in. Because as exciting as it is, when the Star Wars music starts, dun, 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 you're like, this is going to be awesome. As we jump into Acts, it's even better. Because you see, Acts jumps into what God is already doing. And Acts chapter 1 is like the iconic scrolling text of Star Wars that gives us a little backstory on what has happened, and then we jump right in to the exciting story. In fact, we start a new series this week called Love, Follow, Share Jesus. It's in the book of Acts. And as we look at the book of Acts, what we're going to see is we're going to see God's good news, his message of hope his message of restoration, his message of reconciliation, start in one area of the world and start to spread. And we all know that our world is in desperate need of good news, huh? Have you seen the news when you open up a website or get a push notification? And there's all sorts of information. There's, there's a, a coup that's happening in Gabon. There's uh, landslides in Oman. There's remains of climbers found in mountains decades after death. There's tensions in Pakistan. Tim prayed for Morocco. Hurricanes and protests in Sri Lanka. Are you tired of bad, depressing news? Because let's face it, whether it's the wars that we hear about and then quickly forget even though they're still going on or tragedies happening in the families. There is an abundance of bad, discouraging news that can quickly dash our hopes. We, as the church, share the hope of Jesus with the world. We are not only the recipients of Jesus, but we are the vehicles of God's proclamation to our world in desperate need of a message of hope. There is, there's no coincidence that this room is packed. Video overflow is packed. There's some of you tuning online and video overflow number two is packed. There is no coincidence because we are hungry for good news. Amen? We are hungry for the good news of Jesus. And so maybe you've tuned in or you've shown up and you would say, you know what, I'm not quite sure I believe that. I mean, how can we really trust the good news of Jesus? I mean, how can we really be sure? And if you're watching or you're here and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know about that. I mean, the church is a place that's full of hypocrites. Maybe your experience with the church has been one of scandals or corruption, money being mishandled or power being abused. 
If, if you're thinking that right now and you're a little skeptical, stay with us. Or maybe you're with us and you're saying, yeah, right, in this world of deep fakes and fake news, this world of Finsta accounts, do you know about Finsta accounts? Those of you online surely know about Finsta accounts, fake Instagram accounts, Finsta accounts. All the teenagers are like, oh no, don't tell my parents. <laughs> but in this world of catfishing and fake news, we have skepticism at an all-time high. And maybe where you come from, even the name Christian is loaded with terrible baggage. That that label of Christian has been used to start wars or it's been used as a club for injustice. I want to tell you, whether it's death, destruction, injustice, wars, oppression, Jesus stands for none of that. In fact, it's only the brokenness of his people that caused that, the very brokenness Jesus came to provide hope from. And as we go about, we, we know that as a church, if you're come here and you're a follower of Jesus and you say, no, I'm not skeptical. My life has been transformed by Jesus. I want to love, follow, and share Jesus. You'll be the first one to admit that the church, God's recipient and vehicle to share his good news, the church is full of a bunch of broken and messed up people. Amen? Amen means, by the way, yeah, I agree with that. There are broken and messed up people in our church. Amen? Amen. Point to someone broken and messed up. That's right. That's right. You may be pointing at yourself. Last week at one of our other, other locations, there was a teenager sitting in between his parents. And I said, point at someone broken and messed up. And he goes, and he saw them pointing at it themselves. And he's like, we are, we are so broken and messed up. That's why we need Jesus. It's because of humanity that we have such terrible news. And so as a broken and messed up church, we desperately need God, needs God's help to love, follow, and share Jesus. And so it's our prayer that as a community over the next 10 weeks that we are going to love, follow, and share Jesus in new and profound ways that mirror what God has been doing at work in the world throughout history. Today, as we jump into Acts 1, we're going to see three ways God prepares his people. We're going to see three ways that God prepares his witnesses. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a part of God's church, then guess what? You are a witness. And do you know what witnesses do? Witnesses? Witness. That's right. <laughs> it's not a trick question. Witness is witness. Witness is simply witness. If Andre, as he finished the set, as he finished playing guitar, if Andre at the end of the next song just does a backflip off the stage, you'd be texting people like, you can't believe this. You have to see this. Andre does a backflip with a guitar. You would witness to that truth. Don't worry, he doesn't do a backflip, all right? He but we're gonna see today three ways that God prepares us as the church to be truthful witnesses. And then we're going to see one missing ingredient. We're going to see that today. We're going to see in Acts chapter 1, the first way that God prepares truthful witnesses is that witnesses experience 
Jesus. Have you experienced Jesus? Witnesses experience Jesus. If you've experienced Jesus, guess what? You're prepared to be a witness. Let's jump in to what Luke writes in the book of Acts. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He had presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Luke writes, and we know it's Luke writing because Luke and Acts, the book of Luke and the book of Acts, is actually one book divided into two parts. And so in the book of Acts, Luke is saying, oh, hey, by the way, if you don't know what's happening now, uh, this is kind of like a previously on <laughs> the show, right? Or he's, like, he's saying, hey, watch episodes one, two, and three before you get to this episode four of what we're currently doing. He, he's already written Luke, which talks about the, the acts of Jesus. And really, the book of Acts isn't as much about the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of Jesus that continue through his church, through the apostles. So he said in my first book, uh, I wrote down all that Jesus began to do and teach. And then he points out, by the way, Jesus, the very one that appeared to you alive after suffering by many proofs. Now, Jesus had appeared to them over a long period of time with all sorts of proofs, transcended uh, physical sciences, did amazing things, showed up. They could put their hands in the scars on his body, and they knew firsthand they had an undeniable experience with Jesus. He appears to them over this special time of 40 days, similar to the 40 years uh, that God's people wandered the desert in the Old Testament. Uh, 40 is a significant number. Luke says, Jesus appeared over 40 days and he talked about the kingdom of God. That was Jesus' message, the kingdom of God, which simply means when Jesus spiritually reigns and rules in the hearts of his people. In simpler, in simpler terms, when Jesus is the boss. Now, we all have a boss, right? Do you, you have a boss here, right here, right? Some of you are just like, yes. <laughs> now, Jesus being the ultimate boss, all right? The spiritual boss over every part of your life, all right? If Jesus is your boss, you have experienced Jesus. When he reigns and rules, Individual lives are transformed. Communities are transformed. Whole cultures are transformed. That's the good news of Jesus. Instead of broken and busted humanity calling the shots, a loving God is the one directing his people towards hope and restoration. Luke says Jesus has been explaining all of this. And I can imagine right now I'm going, yes, this is going to be awesome. And then Luke says, Jesus told the apostles, hey guys, and don't go anywhere. He told them not to depart. Wait, not to depart? Did, aren't they supposed to go out? Why would he tell them not to depart? Well, they're missing that special ingredient, that missing element. 
they're missing the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. Jesus goes out and says, sure, you can ex- you've experienced me, but don't go out yet. You're not ready yet. You're missing something. The very thing that you're missing is what's going to empower you to actually be able to be my witnesses. Because let's face it, if it's just based on an experience and sharing an experience, we all have different recollections in our brokenness of what happened in a certain experience, right? If it's just left up to up and us, up to us in our brokenness, we're going to misremember what actually happened. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe you have an argument and someone's like, well, you said da 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 And you're like, I never said that. I would never say that. And then you think back and you're like, oh, I said that. I forgot. <laughs> Right? And there's been a bunch of psychological proof in uh, law and in people. It's really easy to manipulate people's minds over what really happened. And Jesus says, hey, 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 you can't rely on your own strength for this. This message is way too vital to simply just experience it and then move on. No, no, no. In order to be a prepared witness, not only do you experience Jesus, but witnesses see as God sees. Witnesses see as God sees. Jesus goes on to the group and the group is saying, okay, Jesus, this is great. You're back. We're ready to go. Jesus, woohoo! you've come back. Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now is the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel, the promised Messiah of the Old Testament that's going to be this ruler with great power and military might is going to come and and one group of people is going to rise up above everybody else. And Jesus says, no, it's not up to you to know the times or the plans that God the Father has. They saw Jesus reign and rule through a very narrow lens. In verse 6, it says, So when they had come together, as they were looking, they asked, as they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And when they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Now, how many of you have seen someone go up into heaven? Good. I didn't see any hands. All right. Yeah, I haven't either. Now, imagine Jesus goes up into heaven and his followers are like, wow. Did did you see that? And then there's two men in white standing right next to him like, why are you guys looking up? He's going to come back down. He, He told you what to do. He says, wait here until you receive power. And we see the beautiful part of that is that although they thought, Jesus, this is the time where you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel. Ooh, the good news for us. All right, you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel. (laughs) You see, because all throughout the Old Testament, God's community was called to be God's witnesses to all of, of God's people. And it's really clear 
that Jesus tells them, "Mm -mm, it's not just us, it's them. It's the people on the outside. It's the people on outside. It's not up to you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed of his own authority. It's not up to you to figure out these times or to come up with charts and predictions. And It's not up to you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed. No, 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 but you, but, in this great contrastive sentence, Jesus says, but, you will receive power. It's not up to you to figure stuff out. You just show up, and when you receive power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Notice Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It's not up to you when you pray the right words or when you're good enough. No, you will receive power when you receive power. (laughs) When the power is given to you, then you'll have power. Just think about power for a moment. Do you like power? Do you like to have power? Who doesn't, right? Who doesn't, right? Two really powerful people that I'm fans of. One is Liam Neeson in the Taken series, right? I have a very particular set of skills. You're like, whoa, you don't mess with him. Or you don't mess with his daughter, more like it. And the other one is Denzel Washington in The Equalizer. Have you seen the new Equalizer movie? Don't tell me anything. I haven't seen it yet, all right? No spoilers. And if you come up to me afterwards and give me a spoiler, I'll be like, la, 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 okay? Because that's not good news. <laughs> but what I've heard about Denzel in The Equalizer 3 is that it, although Denzel still is powerful, he, he kind of kicks a little slower and punches a little softer than he did in Equalizer 1 and 2. But let's give these guys a break. I mean, our guys are getting a little older. When you get older, power fades. We see power not only in stories and movies, but we see power in nature with this gigantic wave that just crashes against the ocean and then dissipates in the water. We live in a powerful country. I'm so glad that we live in such a powerful country, aren't you? The UAE generates its own power. And in the last couple decades, the UAE has generated 300 times more power to serve you and to serve me. And although this stage feels kind of hot for me in the lights, I am really grateful for power because with power, with great power, comes great air conditioning. That's right. (laughs) Great air conditioning. Are you thankful for generated power in the UAE? If you didn't say yes, you haven't lived here for more than a day. (laughs) But what happens if the power went off, the AC stops. The thing about human-made power is that power has to either be created or tapped into. You see, the Holy Spirit, the power we have from the Holy Spirit is power that is given to us that we don't have to manufacture, it won't dissipate, and it won't fade over time. That is God's power. So if you say, oh, I don't really feel powerful enough to love, follow, share Jesus, I don't know that you have God's power. In fact, the Greek word dunamis, it's where we get dynamite and dynamic. Dunamis is power. Turn to the person next to you and say, we have God's power. Okay, now, remember, power is dynamic. It's Powerful. Turn to the person next to you and say it with dynamite. Say, we have God's power. We have God's power. 
And if you're online, you should have typed that in caps, okay? All caps, lock, right? But, but we're going to go into this next week. Pastor Ray's going to unpack when the Holy Spirit comes, because right now in the book of Acts, chapter 1, the Holy Spirit hasn't come yet over all of God's people. And so they're waiting for the power of God's Spirit. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. So if you want to see the story really kick off, and you want to see when the Holy Spirit comes and all the dynamic stuff that happens... You'll have to join us next week, <laughs> all right, because Pastor Ray will continue this series. But if you want to read about this power that you have as God's church, just know that the power of the Spirit is for effective witness and ministry. The power of the Spirit, read these verses at home. If you ever feel like you are weak and powerless, guess what? Without God, you are, but with God, you have power. The Holy Spirit is given for effective witness and ministry. It's, the Holy Spirit is power for effective proclamation of the good news of Jesus. It's power for victory over sin. It's power over Satan and demonic forces. It's power. We have been given gifts, not for magical things, but simply for God's mighty movement. We have been given the power of the Holy Spirit. Dunamis, the Greek word for power, is mentioned in Acts seven times because it's an association for doing miraculous things that connect with gospel proclamation, this news that everyone desperately needs to hear. Because it's not just for us. The news just didn't stay in Jerusalem. Acts 1.8 is, is a hinge verse, but it's also the outline of the whole book of Acts. So if you want to memorize the whole book of Acts and remind yourself of the power that you have, memorize Acts 1.8. Because you see it starts where? It starts in, in Jerusalem and then Samaria and Judea and then to the outer edges of the world. God's good news spreads for everyone who has ears to hear. This message of hope that we share in Jesus it's not just for us, it's for everyone. And that's why fellowship was, is, and always will be a place for everyone. Fellowship is a place for everyone. It doesn't matter what you've done. And if you just thought in your head, yeah, but you don't know what I've done, you're right. <laughs> but God does. And God reminds us that this is a place, his good news is for anyone who has ears to hear. At Fellowship, we hear stories of how God has transformed lives, and we are pumped about that. And so if you are a follower of Jesus, if you love and follow Jesus, this is a place for you. But if you aren't a follower of Jesus, you're just exploring, or maybe that word of church or Christian just rubs you the wrong way, this is a place for you too to ask questions. A couple of months ago, someone after a service came up to me and said, hey, thank you so much for the talk. And then they said, with all due respect, and as Pastor Barack says, when someone says with all due respect, you know something's coming, right? With all due respect, they said, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I said, oh, really? Tell me, please, thank you for your candor. Can I know the stupidest thing? that I said that you'd like to start with first. Because we, we want to have dialogue about things. Because you know what? I, I didn't create any of this message. This is what God has already said, and it's what God is already doing. We don't have to prove anything. 
All we have to do is show up and see God at work. God will explain. God will give us words. And so if you feel like you can't share, if you feel like, no, I can love Jesus, I can follow him, but I, I, just, I can't say anything, God will give you the right words, and it's not up to you to change anybody's mind anyway. It's what God has already been doing. And that's what we see. Witnesses experience Jesus. Witnesses see as God sees. We don't have the missing ingredient, by the way. Spoiler alert. Uh, we've been given the Holy Spirit. When you, or if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, God's power in and through you. And so we see the third way that witnesses are prepared is that witnesses join God's ongoing work. Witnesses join what God is already doing. When, they, when the group returns to Jerusalem uh, from the Mount of Olivet, uh, it's near Jerusalem. It's about a Sabbath day journey, which is a, a little over a kilometer. And when they had entered, uh, they said, hey, hey guys, uh, let's count how many people are here. And the number is unique, all right? Let's just count. We have, we have Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, and Judas. The good Judas, by the way. There's, there's a good Judas and a bad Judas. We'll get to him in just a second. How many did, did you count? Eleven. Oh, bummer. How many were there before? Twelve, that's right. Twelve. And so everybody was devoting themselves, and Peter stood up, and Peter says, Hey, you guys, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke. The Holy Spirit spoke beforehand a thousand years ago as David was writing these psalms. And he said, he spoke about Judas, the bad Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus. And then because he turned his back on Jesus, when you turn your back on God, the giver of life, the only thing you face is death. And Judas the one who betrayed, who took his own life and then bought a field and, well, we'll see what happened to his body. This man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle of the field and all his bowels gushed out. Ugh. But that's the consequence of rebellion and turning away from God. And it became known to all the inhabitants as the field of blood. And then they said, actually, this was written by David a thousand years before. May his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it and let another take his office. And so then he goes out and he says, you guys, we need a 12th person to complete our tribe here. And then they said, here, here are three recommendations. Here are three things that a witness uh, needs to have to be a part of the 12, all right? They have to accompany all of us all the time, be here since John's baptism, and they have to uh, see Jesus' ascension, all right? So he says, these are the threes. And, and he says, one of us has to join to be uh, witnesses to his resurrection, and so they, they said, they, they numbered uh, the guys. There were two candidates that they said, these guys fulfill it. They prayed, they cast lots, and then Matthias was chosen, and he was numbered with the 11. Now, one plus 11 is 12. That's, you're brilliant. Yeah. That's right. Now that there's 12, there's 12 followers of Jesus. They've been promised that they'll have the Holy Spirit, and they're waiting for, Je they're waiting for the Holy Spirit so they can go out and they join what God started thousands and thousands of years ago. 
They fulfill scriptures that were written a thousand years before it even happened. They simply join God in what he's doing. And we too, we've been given the Holy Spirit. We join God in what he's already doing. There have been people that have gathered together and while it's new for fellowship, it's not new to God. It's what God has done. God is always bringing his children back home. He's always saving the lost. God is always on the move. And we simply get to join him on this grand tidal wave of how he is at work in this region. In fact, I'm, I'm really grateful to God that we live in a country that, that has such tolerance where we can worship our God and we can in, be involved in engaging dialogue and conversations. Our friends over at Redeemer Church, I just heard that God has added to their number and they started a second service. And we're like, woo, God is on the move. At Fellowship, we have uh, two locations. We have two seasons in Jumeirah Creekside Hotel. And maybe you've heard we're, uh, Lord willing, uh, we're looking to launch our third location, which is awesome. We want more and more people to have opportunities to worship. Now, we're still praying for approval to be granted and, and for that to be worked out. We're pending approval and Lord willing, I, I want to tell you guys, you are some of the first people to get to hear this information. You watching online, the only, only people that know are the nine o'clock service. And I did sneak into the two video overflows and tell them first. So I thought since they have to watch this on the screen, I'll give them a little, uh, a little extra information. But we're really excited because of what God is doing, we're excited that our third location, pending approval, Lord willing, will open up October 1. October 1, woo! And like I said, we, we trust that the permissions will come. We're still praying for the, the permissions to be granted, but October 1. So if you live by Parkview or Dubai Science Park near the Holiday Inn, here's some information, nine o'clock and 11 o'clock services. And we know it's all about loving and following, but we also know this series is called Love, Follow, Share. That's right. So you can share the news with your friends with this QR code uh, and just tell them, hey, uh, my church has this, this place that maybe we don't have to sit like this or watch things online or on the, the video screen. Uh, and I encourage you, invite a friend because we've seen God at work all around the world. God has been at work all around the world in great revivals in India and movements of the Holy Spirit throughout countries in Africa and empowering the church and the underground church movement in China. And God has been at work in the UAE. There's a long history of tolerance and respect, and we've seen God work in the UAE. And we've seen God at work at fellowship. I was sitting down with someone uh, just before the service started and they said, hey, I said, how are you? And they said, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Hey, were there baptisms this morning? And I thought, oh, how great is it that we never presume on God, but we get excited for him to be at work again, bringing more and more of his kids home. So we witness God's work in the past. We were, we we recognize that he's working in the present and we are confident of God's work in the future. So as we go through the book of Acts, may we grow in our love for Jesus. Have you experienced Jesus? If you've experienced Jesus, have you experienced God's love for you that is overwhelming? Have you experienced that peace that passes all understanding? Have you experienced hope in the midst of utter despair? 
If you've experienced God's love, it has flipped your heart to love him back, amen? May we grow in our love for Jesus during this season. But not only grow in our love for Jesus, may we recommit to follow him with great zeal and passion. May we grow to follow Jesus that he says go and we say where. He says share and we say who, that we would passionately follow Jesus. And as we passionately follow Jesus, my prayer is that we as a church would smell more and more like him. Because there are so many that come from the stench of bad news and the humanity's corruption. And as they experience God's church, would smell the sweet aroma of Jesus. Like walking through one of our many malls here, you know there's a certain smell of cologne and perfume and, and incense. You go, ah. May people walk into this community and smell the sweet, pleasing aroma of Jesus. That's one way, as we follow Jesus, that we can share Jesus. Because we're going to see in the book of Acts, it's about loving, about following, and about sharing, and bringing more and more people on this grand journey of what God is doing. And so this week, I encourage you to simply pray. Just ask God, God, help me to love, follow, and share Jesus like never before over these next 10 weeks at fellowship. Just help me to love, follow, share. And I don't know about you, but I need a reminder so I encourage you to download this wallpaper on your phone because um, raise your hand if you've picked up your phone today. Just raise your hand if you've picked up your phone, right? Some of you are on your phone. You have to get off your phone to raise your hand. Yeah, right? <laughs> Some of us pick up our phone four or five times a day. Some of us pick up our phone six or seven hundred times a day. Imagine having six or 700 reminders to love, follow, share Jesus and say, God, what, is that, what does that look like? Give me an opportunity to share. Show me what it's like to follow. Help me to fall more in love with you. Imagine if all of fellowship was praying this together, that God would give us more and more opportunities to love, follow, and share Jesus. This message of hope in a broken and busted world. In fact, last week at Creekside, I, I shared this message at the, the 10 o'clock service. And afterwards, there was a group that came up to me. And, and they said, hey, we've all downloaded the wallpaper. Look at this. I said, that's awesome. They're like, hey, we're living this out. I said, oh, great, great. And they said, no, really, we're living this out. <laughs> I was talking with Radhika. And Radhika, <laughs> he had said uh, it was his first time at the church. They had been looking for a community. It was his first time there. And his picture's up on the screen uh, in red. And he said, hey, I've brought my whole family here. And I said, wow, that's great, great. Glad you guys are here. It's our first time. And then Sonal, who uh, has the white label. Sonal said, yeah, it's my first time too. I invited them. <laughs> I said, you, you invited them to a church you've never been to before. <laughs> And Sonal said, yeah, yeah, I heard the news. And just a couple days later, I invited all of them too. I said, wow, wow, that's awesome. And Sonal said, yeah, yeah, Delano invited me <laughs> in the yellow. And I said, oh, uh, Delano, that's awesome. I I'm really glad that, that you invited. And he said, yeah. I, I said, how did you hear about fellowship? And he said, oh, well, well, I was invited to church by my friend Alston. And I said, oh, that's great. Where's Alston? And he's, he's right here. <laughs> and I said, Alston, that's so cool. How did you hear about fellowship? And he's like, oh, Andre invited me. 
And Andre is a, a regular person at fellowship. And Andre had invited Alston. Alston had come for four weeks only and invited Delano. Delano showed up and after one week invited Sanal. And Sanal didn't even wait and invited everybody else. <laughs> God is mightily on the move. There's nothing special that we're doing. We're just joining what God has already been doing. And it will be a grand journey he has us on. I look forward to everything God will do in and through us over the next 10 weeks and beyond as we love, follow, and share Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this reminder in your word that you are already at work. And we have to confess that there are times when we feel powerless, when we rely on our own strength, that, that we don't feel like we can do this. And yet you've shown us in your word that the Holy Spirit has come and empowers us, that we as your church can share your message of transformation. And so now as we are sent out, remind us of the power that we have in the Holy Spirit power to share your good news as we love and follow Jesus. We love you, Father. And it's in his mighty name that we pray all things. Amen.